Welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection for February 2nd, 2022. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most gracious God, we give you thanks for this day and our many blessings that you bestow upon us daily. Let us never take your blessings for granted and always offer thanks to you for your goodness. We ask this in Jesus' name, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, I'd like to start by making you aware of a free app for your phone or your tablet. And I think it will help you in your biblical word study. It's called Faith Life, and that's one word, Faith Life Study Bible. And I believe it's free. I would encourage you to download this app. Words are very interesting because they are built or formed with letters, individual letters. Our English alphabet consists of 26 letters. The same word in English can have different meanings depending on the context in which it is used. And the same is true for many words in the Bible. Now, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was originally written in Greek. The early Hebrew alphabet, like the modern Hebrew variety, had 22 letters with only consonants represented and was written from right to left. The ancient Greek alphabet has 24 letters. Though there were several local variations of the alphabet in classical Greece, it was the iconic alphabet that was eventually adopted by Athens and became dominant across the Greek-speaking world. As you can imagine, the original translators and even modern-day translators of the Bible did and do the best they could and can with the knowledge that they had at the time. It's extremely important for the translators as well as us as readers to interpret God's word correctly so it re reveals his will as well as revealing his son Jesus to us. It was probably five or six years ago that I began listening to a podcast done by Tim Mackey titled Exploring My Strange Bible. While listening to one particular podcast on the first book in the Old Testament, Tim explained what the word spirit meant, gave great meaning to that particular passage as well as the rest of them anytime I read the word spirit now. Listen as I read the first two verses of Genesis chapter 1. Close your eyes if you want. What do you see in your mind's eye when you hear the word spirit? Here is the reading. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I also want you to, you to picture in your mind what it means over the surface of the deep. What do you see when you hear that? The word deep 
in original Hebrew language meant flood, primeval ocean, a deluge, or an abyss. What in the world could tame, calm, or control the deep this passage refers to? Well, the answer is nothing in this world could. But the Spirit of God obviously could and did. So let's take a look at the meaning of the word spirit in Hebrew. It sounds like ruach, and it means wind, breath, and or breeze. The Greek word is pneuma or pneuma, but has the same meaning as the Hebrew word. So does this change your mental picture of what God did to tame the deep? Whenever you encounter the word spirit with a capital S, it is referring to the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord. If you see spirit with a lowercase s, it is more often than not referring to a state of mind. Remember the character named Samson that we were introduced to in the book of Judges? I'm going to read from Judges chapter 14, verses 5 through 6. This is a great example of what happens when we receive the Spirit of God. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. And again in verse 19 of that same chapter, we see the power of the Spirit of the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripping them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. And in 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verses 13 through 14, and if you remember, this is when Samuel anointed David. Here is the reading. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Well, let's unpack that. David receives the capital S Spirit of the Lord, and Saul, who once had the capital S Spirit of the Lord, now has a lowercase s evil spirit that is now tormenting him. And the story goes on to let us know that David apparently played a musical instrument called a lyre very well. When the evil spirit, spirit would torment Saul, David was summoned to play the lyre for him. And we learn this in verse 23. Whenever the spirit from God came on David, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. Both times the word spirit occurs, in that reading, it's lowercase s. Now let's consider Job. 
in this, I'm going to read one verse from Job, chapter 33, verse 4. And even in his time of great need and anguish, Job knew the value of the Spirit of God, as evidenced by this reading. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. And one last reference to David, maybe. All right, remember earlier when David was anointed and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and at the same time, the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. Certainly David could remember that as he prayed and asked God for forgiveness for his transgression with Bathsheba. And this is found in Psalm 51, verse 11. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. You see, David knew the torment he would suffer without the Holy Spirit. And also in Psalm 104, verse 29 through 30, the psalmist here is hyperlinking, if you will, back to the creation story and certainly knows and understands the importance of the breath of God. Here is that reading. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away your, their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Now, the prophet Isaiah, and by the way, it's one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah is one of the biggest pointers to Jesus that can be found in the Old Testament. The hope of a Savior was promised to come from the house of David. David was the youngest son of Jesse. We can see in these two verses here from Isaiah the important role the Spirit will play in this yet-to-come Savior. This reading is found in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And now we look to the book of Ezekiel, and this is found in chapter 37, verses 1 through 10. This is a story about the valley of dry bones. The word breath occurs seven times in these ten verses. The definition of the word breath is the same as the Hebrew definition of the word spirit. And this is yet another wonderful example of the importance and power of the Spirit of God. Here is the reading from Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. That is what the Sovereign Lord says says to these bones, I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. 
I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. Now in the book of Acts, written by Luke, there is an account of the day of Pentecost. It has revealed the powerful strength of the Spirit of God. Of special note in this reading is the mention of a violent wind that either accompanied or was caused by the Holy Spirit that was manifested in tongues of fire. Here's the reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I said that was verses 1 through 2. I apologize. It was 1 through 4. The word spirit in conjunction with God occurs 126 verses in the Bible. We are sustained by the Holy Spirit, which is the breath of life. Well, honestly, I did not intend on taking such a deep dive on the word spirit today, but as I researched it, I was led to because of its importance. I do want to share with you a few more words that we read in our Bibles and their original meanings could be a little confusing or misunderstood if we don't know the root meaning of the word. Witchcraft, pharmakia, which is the use of drugs and or potions. This could have been the modern day equivalent of a, a drug dealer. Immorality, pornea, sexual immorality, especially as related to prostitution. And apple of your eye, ison, I-S-O-N, which means pupil. And heart, we tend to think of heart as one of our vital organs, which it is. But in biblical terms, it's one's inner self, inclination, disposition, determination, courage, will, intention, attention, consideration. And one commentator even compared it to your will or willingness to follow or not to follow Jesus. And I'll wrap up by saying that whenever you read or hear the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is in charge of activating God's Word. As you know, our vision 
statement at St. Paul's Lutheran is learning, loving, living God's Word. It's up to us to learn it. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will grow to love it. And the fruit it bears will be evidenced by the way we live out the love of God through service to others. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, we thank you for your holy word and all the resources we have available to us to understand your word and interpret it correctly. Our greatest resource is the gift of your Holy Spirit that abides in us. And it is that spirit that activates your holy word and prepares us to be your humble servants. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we lift up this prayer. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.